much more than just a series of small, isolated incidents. It's now apparent that an organized criminal element is at work. And at the moment, business is good. Welcome, my name is Matt, I'm here with Andrew. Today we're going to be talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and their gritty 1990 live-action debut and discuss our favorite turtles, aprils, and pizzas. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces and let's break it down on the Post-Credit Podcast. Welcome to the movie that Andrew has been waiting and dying to get to yeah and that movie is teenage mutant ninja turtles the original live action movie came out in 1990 uh andrew's got his uh, turtles hoodie on yes the, from the original cartoon mm-hmm. um this movie was directed by steve Barron. it was written uh no 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 okay wait the movie by was 99 hairback 99.9 percent directed by him because he got fired at the end. <clears throat> well, I did hear that they uh, took over the editing from him. Yeah. He, he got fired at the very end of this film. Which is sad because he did such a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written by Bobby Herbeck. Um, obviously off of characters from Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, who were the original comic creators that created these characters in the 1980s. Um, <clears throat> and, and I, you know, on, with, with those two guys, like... You know, you always think about it. You're like, okay, who's really the talented one here? You know, it's kind of the th- same thing with, like, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, right? Um, like, where's the talent? Is it? Is it, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, just to kind of quell everybody's in action. But th- they'll say, like, oh, you know, the, the, the writer and the artist are both co- combination of you know greatness you know what i mean just to kind of, you know where there, there might be some stories that you actually like but the artist is not that great so what you're talking about is like the chasing amy thing what's next does that mean you ink it well it means that holden draws the pictures in pencil and then he gives it to me to go over and ink next so basically you just trace it's uh it's not tracing all right i had depth and shading to give the image more definition only then does the drawing truly take shape? No, 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 no. You go over what he draws with a pen, all right? That's tracing. But, I mean, it was, uh, I'm looking at these guys. It was Kevin Eastman who drew them. Yes, I, I know that because I watched the documentary on the the toys. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a documentary on it, and it talked about how they were just kind of joking around. He just wrote a, uh, you know, drew a, Kevin Eastman drew a, well, they, they had come tried to come up with a lot of different uh, uh, hits. You know, they right. they needed that that one hit that would skyrocket them, and it was the joke that they were joking around at first. And he's like, "Hey, it's a turtle uh, with some nunchucks or something like that." Yeah, world now it's a worldwide phenomenon. And, yeah, and uh, then he gave it to Peter Lair, and he thought it was funny, so he made a little adjustment, and then they kind of went back and forth. And then one time, Kevin Eastman came back, and there was four of them, and they were all. You know, differentiated by the different weapons they had, yeah. and then and then you know they kind of just went well, to sleep. It they was originally a joke. had red, all red. Uh, well, yeah. Eventually, when they got the comics yeah. going and everything, but I mean, it was uh, 
it, they kind of just went to bed after that and they're just like okay yeah that was fun and everything and not thinking much of it and they woke up in the morning and looked at all the drawings and stuff they did and they're like maybe we should do something with this yeah. maybe we should come up with a story um and uh they did they they did come up with a story and they were big fans of like this this comic this dark comic revolution that was going on in the late 70s early 80s with people like um frank miller taking on batman taking on daredevil and i think it was probably frank miller's uh version of daredevil that gave them the their biggest inspiration well that's where the foot comes from it comes from right. making fun of the hand in daredevil so people don't know the ninja turtles isn't quite a spoof of of daredevil but it is a ripoff of daredevil and it's a purposeful ripoff you know it, it, like uh, a pin homage to it you know so, like, um, you have the Ninja Turtles. They got turned into the Ninja Turtles by the ooze. Well, that's the same ooze that came off the truck and, and made Matt Murdock go blind. Um, but gave him immense power. And gave him the, the extra powers and everything. Um, they have a mentor named Splinter, and Daredevil has a mentor yeah. named Stick. Um, they fight, uh, Daredevil fights a group called The Hand, uh, especially if you've seen the Netflix show, you know that. And uh, in the Ninja Turtles, it's it's uh, the foot. So I mean, it's an obviously it's an obvious ripoff. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's a good ripoff for for I guess kids. But it was never meant to be that way because these comics were just as gritty as like the Daredevil mm-hmm. ones mm-hmm. when they first came out. And yeah, like you said, the first one was black and white. Yeah, I think probably the first couple. But eventually, yeah. as they started coming out with color, all four turtles had red bandanas. Yes, and they kind of looked they looked the same. Like if you look at the live action movie, each turtle head is unique and different than yeah. the other. So you they're can supposed to be different the turtles. Brothers. They're not supposed to be the same. Like like in the newer ones, they're all redier turtles. You know what I mean? But in, you know, originally was not even though to be they the said box turtles. turtles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was how you, so clearly the, the way you would know in the comics was only through the, you know, the word bubbles based on how they're talking or whatever and their weapon. Um, because even their heads look the same, yeah. even in the movie, like if you were to take the, the, the bandanas off in the movie, you would still be able to know who each one is because each head looked different mm-hmm. and it was unique to that turtle. Um, but tell us a little bit about the comics, um, and what you know about how that started and all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, you were correct in saying with the creators, you know, they they created this comic book, but, you know, the, the toys were far more superior, I guess. Um, you know, they, they were a lot bigger than, than even the comic book at the time. And, and, and really, it's the toy. How much bigger? Like, like they were in the new movies mm. where they're all jacked? Mm-mm. I mean, like, like the toys were a lot more popular oh, than, than the cartoons or the comic books. But I mean, they they weren't too worried about getting it because they were even saying in the documentary, they're like, "Oh, okay, well, how can we, you know, you know, oh, we we can make this into a toy line, we can make this into a cartoons." And they wanted to sell the toys, so they made the cartoon. And so, I mean, they were all behind it. Well, and then on, on top of that, you know, Ninja Turtle toys throughout history is one of the probably most successful toy lines to ever exist. You know, Ninja Turtles is up there. You know, it revolutionized yeah. the way that toys were sold. And, and you know, they, they went everywhere to try to find somebody to sponsor them. They had to go to overseas to to get uh, uh, a manufacturer of a like some little doll that they had to talk to that manufacturer just to build these Ninja Turtle toys, basically. Yeah. You 
And it's crazy because nobody wanted to build it here. And then, what was it like again, Playmate toys? Yeah, was it Playmate like or something yeah. like that? Yeah, I mean, and, and that this is during the '80s where the whole reason to have cartoons was to sell toys. Yeah, you know, you had He-Man, He-Man. to sell toys. You had Ghostbusters, <laughs> which that was which He-Man did come right toys. before this film, but it did really badly. Yeah, you know what I mean. Be, and that's so why like, they were probably real fearful with this one. Well, so Thunder. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie. Yeah, He Man. Yeah, uh, but I mean, there was like things like Thundercats and what else? Voltron, uh, you know, GI Joe, um, all these different types Transformers. of Transformers, My Little Pony, yeah. Rainbow Bright. Um, I don't know what else. What others there were, but I mean, you know, in the '90s, you had just a ton of cartoons, and not and yeah, you'd have toys with them and stuff. But I mean. That was really because people love cartoons. It almost felt like the 80s was nothing but to sell toys, though. Mm-hmm. Because as successful as 80s cartoons were, that's just as, as successful as the toys were. Yeah. Well, back in the day, I didn't... cartoons. Back in the day, I had no clue there was a comic book for Ninja Turtles. I no, just thought it was I. like... I thought it was... I thought it was a cartoon it, first and then And movies. I didn't realize how that that's how things were created. You know, a lot of things came from comic books. You know, Sailor Moon, you know... Dragon Ball Z, all this is, you know, these these are books before yeah. they became, you know, in, put into cartoons, you know, and, uh, you know, having having that with the release of these these type of toys and stuff, it was just it was just game changer, you know yeah. what I mean? And and so I I thought, oh yeah, cool, you know, we got this cartoon that I loved to this day, I still love, and then oh we got toys to go along with it. Then this movie got released. Yeah, yeah, uh, this movie. Um as I said, it was uh, directed by Steve Barron, written by Bobby Herbeck. Uh, haven't heard much about him in all my research or whatever. Just you know, kind of written and directed by Stephen Barron. He um, had done one or two small things, but mostly had done music videos before this. And I mean, like he did artists like Prince, Madonna, um, Aha, uh, a bunch of others, and like basically anybody who was popular in the eighties. He had done at least one or two of their videos, and if he had done the videos, they were usually the most popular tracks from that artist. You know, like Aha, yeah. he directed Take On Me. You know, he directed, uh, what was it, Madonna's? I can't remember. Uh, it might have been, oh, I don't know. I, I know he did Billy Jean. He did uh, Michael Jackson's Billy Jean. He did Aha's Take On Me. So, I mean, that's just an example. He was like the premier you know mtv director basically you know directing all the hits um and so they they he had enough confidence uh from this the the studio to to do this and you know they shopped this around to so many different places and they just could not get any studio to take it and it's just like you said because a, a couple of years before this masters of the universe came out with um dolph lundgren playing um he-man and you know, of course, that you know, there's the same thing. You know, they started. That could have been so good, but it was just so bad. Yeah. Like when, you, when when I watched it back then, when I was a kid, I, I like it. it. I, I still it. like it. I, I like it, but you also look at it and you're like, ah, oh, this is bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad from like, I mean, what we know nowadays can be done. I mean, back then, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, see, there were better movies. Just seeing my cartoon stuff, come but, to life, yeah, was what made it great. And, and and it's not like it's Scarface or anything like or Godfather or whatever. But I mean, there just wasn't movies like this nowadays. Nowadays or back then, nowadays there's nerd culture movies out that have actually been done well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of few and far between because it is hard to get it right. 
but Masters of the Universe is one of those that, as kids, and it's probably only because of the nostalgia watching it as kids, uh, we're like, oh, this is He-Man, like the cartoon and everything, even though it was nothing like the cartoon. Um, it was cool to see it, you know, and it was cool to see it when we were younger. Now I can enjoy it when I'm when I'm older, but I know a lot of people don't like it, and they're completely valid in what they say because <laughs> if I hadn't had that nostalgia, <clears throat> it wouldn't be as good. Yeah. Um, this movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, came out in 1990. It stars Juth, uh, Judith Hogue as April O'Neil, Elias Cotius as uh, J- uh, Casey Jones, uh, Josh Pies as uh, Raphael, David Foreman as Leonardo, Brian Tachi as the voice of Leonardo, uh, Leif Tilden as Donatello, Corey Feldman as the voice of Donatello, um, Michelin Sisti as Michelangelo, Robbie, Robbie Rist as the voice of Michelangelo, and then we had Kevin Clash as the splinter and puppet operator of, of Splinter. Um, and then James Saito as the Shredder. And then David McCarran as the voice of Shredder. And Josh Pace is um, the only one that actually did the voice and was the actor in the suit. Right. Um, uh, if you guys know Tatsu, uh, two different people there as well. Um Toshishiro Obata was uh, the person who played Tatsu, but the voice was Michael McKinnoy. Yeah, they didn't really do a super good job with uh, dubbing that. Syncing the yeah. uh, dialogue and everything. Well, I mean, it's harder to do that for than rubber puppets than an actual person, you know, articulate. Why would he they act- have to, It actually you know, wasn't too bad because well, he doesn't like, have that many speaking lines. All he says is, Ninja, vanish. And they couldn't, like, teach him this. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you get angry, I mean, they couldn't really teach him like two words. I mean, I, he'd probably just he just didn't have a voice. I mean, what if he sounded like Ninja Vanish? Then it wouldn't be know. like it's top you or whatever. Know. Anyways, and then um, you know we always also got uh, you know Jay Patterson and Michael Turney as the Penningtons, um, Charles and Danny respectively. And then um, Raymond Sarah as Chief, Chief Stearns, and in his very first movie role, credited role, uh, speaking role, all that, Sam Rockwell yep. listed Rockwell. as the head thug, one of my favorite actors, perhaps on my top ten list of favorite actors of all time. This would be his first role. Got any cigarettes? Well, regular or menthol? And he also is the one that said, um, hey, we're a family. You know, yeah. right before Casey says, you call this here and that down there a family? Anyways, um, so do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Okay, I'm going to say this, and I've said this before. This is the first, first movie, movie we went to the, the that we saw in the theater because it came out in 1990. I, do, I remember seeing right? Turtles 2 in the theater. We, we moved to South Texas in 1990, okay? Here's the thing. We didn't go to movie theaters when we were younger, like in Maine and stuff like that, because we weren't anywhere near a movie theater. Yeah. So so here's the thing. We didn't do that until we moved down here, you know? And so when we, we started going to uh, movie theater, and this was the very first movie theater we went to, or the very first movie we went to at the movie theater. Yeah, no, that just feels like a lie to me. <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I was what? I was a certain age, and you were a certain age. Um, I was nine. So, this movie, what did I want to say about this movie? What did you want to say about this movie? Well, I love this movie. Uh-huh. And, and my my wife kind of came into it like, oh, I just seen a, one trailer. She'd never seen it before. 
until yesterday when we we watched it again like we watched it ourselves for the 15th 20th time whatever yeah this was my wife's first time watching it and you know she was already going in because she saw some some bad footage or something on the on, on the TV. She, what she said she saw, and we kind of figured it out at the end, was the turtles from part three, Turtles in Time. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we so all know It's how a movie we will not look. be talking about. No, no. It's, we're going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles today, and then next week we're going to part, I, talk I would about rather part two. Talk Return about Karate years. Kid 4 with Hillary Swank than... Hey, by the way, the do you next hear that they, there's kid. a chance that she might be on the next Well, season? I think they, they had talked about it because there was an, there's been interviews with these she's guys canon. right before she's season canon. four where um, they talk about um, this is so what Cobra Kai is, is it's the Miyagi-verse. And yeah. so they said anybody who's had any kind of interaction yep. with Miyagi, that's who counts. That's why Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith, even though don't Jaden Smith's dad is one of the executive producers. Of the but show. I think that that's just kind of a nice necessity thing because he was probably a producer on his son's movie. He probably he bought the rights is. To, to Karate Kid. Yeah, they bought the rights, or he has a certain amount of stake. So whenever now that he's made a movie, whenever another movie's made. It's obligated that he's an executive producer as well, or something like that. So, which is sad because, like, you know, you would think that Ralph Macchio would get like Ralph Macchio and uh, and uh, I think they're the main ones. Yeah, those two. They're 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 Ralph Macchio and and Mr. Miyagi Zabka. They uh, took executive producer roles so they could have you know a say on the story and where it goes and everything. But. Which again, I'll say it again. It's one of the best shows that i've seen in the last 20 years not only best show uh, like it's not just a best reboot you know it's not just oh this is the best reboot or 80s show that was brought it's just bad one of the best shows yeah and, you, you and, don't and, even and, need that qualifier of it being a but re- I mean, it's just been one it's of the even best shows. also one of those qualifiers that it's one of the best redone films because who would have thought you said hey let's surround the show and even name it after the villain yeah. of Pretty much a lot of the films, you know, the first and the third film, you know what I mean? It's literally like the villain, you know what I mean? Uh, Cobra Kai, whoever's ahead of it at that time, you know, or pushing it. And did you know they had the same fight choreographer in this movie as as in Karate Kid, the first one? You know the guy, you know the the judge in Karate Kid? I think we talked about this in our episode, the one with the mustache and the red shirt. He was obviously the fight coordinator for that movie as well. And uh, he was the fight coordinator in this movie. Yeah. And, of course, it doesn't hurt that the people in the suits that would occasionally weigh 50 pounds with the sweat. Yeah. Um, imagine doing all this stuff with an extra 50 pounds. But these were actually Hong, Hong Kong stuntmen yeah. that were doing the stunts. They they had body actors who would be in the suits for the, the what they called the hero suits. And those yeah. were the heads that would be more expressive. You know, for the the chill moments when they're exposition, you know, they're talking about it, they're moving the story along. The turtles are interacting, having conversations, and being expressive and stuff. They had actual actors for that, but during except the- for Donatello, right? Uh, no, Donatello Leaf Tilden, T- Leaf Telden was the the actual um, the actual uh, hero actor. So he would be the one in the suit with the with the ma- uh, the 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 mask on and everything, and and he'd be performing. But then when it would switch to fight scenes, 
it was the fight days, scenes right? is whenever the <clears throat> the stunt guys would take over. So the people, you know, uh, uh, Donatello and Michelangelo, while they're waiting for pizza, and Michelangelo skateboards up to to or Donatello, Donatello skateboards yeah, up we got, to Michelangelo. Hey, we got to clear that up. We got to clear that. Up. <laughs> I wanted to we make a point. I've been wanting to clear that up because I mean, Donatello has been my favorite for so long, and I, I I love it the fact that this part one shows. Now I don't know how it is in the comics. But in the the OG live action movie, it was Donatello who's the skateboarder. Yeah, yeah. And ever since, <laughs> I think in the comics, maybe it was different or or something. You know, the, the later well, in the newer the later cartoons made the Michelangelo ones, a skateboarder. Right, right. In the newer ones, I mean, in in the old ones, it was Michelangelo. In the cartoons, it was Michelangelo was as well. Yeah, but but um, maybe the, it was both of them. But in the newer ones, it's Michelangelo, but Donatello's the one that created it. You know what I mean? Like, created that type of skateboard. You know, his thing was with the rockets on it or whatever. Yeah, you know, the, it's like, the silly rockets. Well, I think he put rockets on on Michelangelo's skateboard, something like that. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, so <clears throat> when they're having their conversation waiting for the, the pizza, that's two actors in a suit, um, actual, like, uh, performance actors, yeah. not stunt actors, but performance actors, suit. almost like miming or whatever. But they have to kind of get the right the right movements down and everything. But then when it was like switch to fight scene, then you'd have the stunt actors. So you had Leaf Tel- Telden playing um, playing Donatello in that scene where they're talking. But whenever Donatello was fighting, that was Ernie Reyes Jr. Yeah. And the rest of them, you know, they all had Hong Kong actors and stuff. Ernie Reyes Jr. <clears throat> for those that know. Uh, plays Kino in the next movie, so he actually gets a live action role yeah. after playing he, Donatello, he a main stunt performer, right? Basically. So, uh, I just thought it was kind of cool. I mean, that that helped sell the action scene, uh, the action scenes, yeah. um, and you know, there's so much that could have gone wrong in this movie. Yeah, and I think it would have had they not had Jim Henson. Yeah, and you know, Jim Henson. This was one of his very last. Um, projects he worked on he finished this and then um started work on the witches with uh, angelica houston and it wasn't too that long movie after. that movie mm-hmm. witches used to creep me out when i was a kid it was good and the new anne hathaway thing i i, 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 I tried watching like a couple minutes of it or something it just I looked terrible it. but the angelica houston one they freaked me out those witches oh, when yeah. they would take their hair off in that conference room when they had their meeting me and stuff out, yeah man. when i was a kid i remember watching it. I, I watched that in england when I was in England, I watched that movie. Yeah. And bits and pieces of it. But, I mean, I, I couldn't watch any more of it because it freaked me out. It know? was so... They did such a good job on that. Well, especially Jim Henson. You know, I mean, obviously he did... he, You know, he wasn't really happy with doing this job for the simple reason that, you know, he's not a violent person and he doesn't like to do violent things with his creations. That's why he sticks with Muppets. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he is the man behind Sesame Street. He is the man behind the Muppet shows. And... And any type of animatronics and puppeteering that came after it, they can thank Jim Henson for yeah, that. Yeah, And, you know, I mean, his- from 19, what, 65 in, uh, for for uh, Sesame Street, you know, like... And the Muppet Show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking like 60s, not 70s or 80s. I mean, we're talking 60s that, that he's been doing this since... You know, and, and the fact that he gets into the 90s and he and he creates something like, you know, Ninja Turtles is just phenomenal. I mean, yeah. It blows me away, too, because I, I really... <laughs> I love this movie. I love Ninja Turtles. I've since I was a kid. I mean, I love Ninja Turtles when when they first came out. The cartoon first came out. I started watching that as much as possible. And uh, you know, Christmases. I remember you know 
parents giving us Ninja Turtles toys and things like that, you know, and we wanted all the, you know, the cool blimp, you know, the Pateras obviously had the, they had the cooler ones with the blimps and the uh, and the cool toys, sweet you know. turtle yeah. turtle toys, but we had other sweet yeah. like uh, Thundercats and, and sticks and rocks and stuff, you know. We had some good um, stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's I mean it was and it was it's it's an impossible task, right? Yeah. Because you have something like the Ninja Turtles. And you want it to be as close as you can. I mean, nowadays we have the CGI and the CGI turtles, and they look horrifying. And I, I didn't. Yeah. I know you did. You did like the design of them a little bit, but I just thought I'm like, I get it. It's a different take on it. Fine, whatever. But I mean, back in this day, you couldn't do something like that. It had to be close to the original, or people would be like, "What is this?" But but it just makes more sense in the newer ones. I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, I'm not I'm not throwing out the old ones at all. Like those are my favorite. You know. They're my top ten. I mean, Ninja Turtles is in my top ten. I yeah. love the movie that much. But it's like, you know, the newer ideas for the Turtles, the way they look, things like that, just makes more sense to me. I mean, now, the creator, Eastman and Lard, they, they originally, you know, the Turtles were only like five, 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 six, something like that, yeah. you know, including in the cartoons. You know, it wasn't until the movies... And they were legitimate, like, 14-year-olds with yeah. Michelangelo being, yeah. like, 13 or something like that. But but to me, you know, it's like, if you've got some mutagen, right, which is what we call it here in, mm-hmm. in, in Turtle World, mm-hmm. but we got the mutagen, and the mutagen, it, you know, turns, you know, animals into humanoid animals. You know, I mean... And do you think it would really stop there? You know, that much chemicals and being able to do that? I mean, I would think that the turtles would get bigger and larger. and, and, and Apparently, the animals sunflowers bigger. bigger, too. Yeah. As we saw in part two. <laughs> right, right. But, I mean, like, if you watch, if you read any of the comic books, which I love turtle comic books. I mean, right now I'm reading um, uh, The Last Ronin. Turtle I won't, power. I don't want to talk about it more until the second one. Yeah, we need to but, get more into The Last Ronin. Yeah, The Last Ronin was just fun. It's a phenomenal series. If, if you have not read it. Then we won't spoil the who the last it. Ronin is. Too. Yeah, but it's just it, it, the take on it. It the the turtle that's in the last Ronin is just so massive, and you know a- April literally will be like, you know, you're just so much bigger than the oh, last yeah, time I saw you. They're <clears throat> they're mutants, and we've only seen them as teenagers. But this comic right. takes it past that. And it goes, oh, well, actually, they keep growing past teenagers, yeah. and they grow, and they grow, and they get massive and massive. Yeah, and they're like, se- they're, they're like 800 pounds, you know, fully, like fully yoked. You five, know. five in the comics yeah. and in this show, because they're all shorter than, like, uh, Casey and April. Well, I think Leo and yeah. Raph are maybe a bit taller. But, I mean, regardless, like, you would think that with the newer ones, they're so much larger. They're, they're literally part of their costume is just trash. You know, like because they live in the sewer, right? right. And so it's, it's. I mean, it's not like it's nonsensical or whatever. Yeah. But. Now, now, how Splinter and the Turtles learn um, martial arts is a bit silly in the newer ones uh-huh. compared to what the comic book actually stated was. Where you know, like Splinter in the comic books was a was a ninja instructor slash master whatever right then the mutagen mutated him into a rat right you know that's not the original uh story but i like i like the the one that's in here now because if the turtles just became bigger turtles then it would make sense you know if they were turtles it would make sense for them to just be regular teenagers before just like yeah splinter so well you're talking about the original ones right 
I'm talking about this story. I like this storyline where yeah. where they were all animals first, and they no, became and that, bigger, smarter that's, animals. That's how the creators wrote wrote this. Okay. This is the the original ones is how they became turtles originally. Gotcha. That's that's exactly how how it happened. Um, he he Splinter, uh, his master. He just mimicked his master, and then his master was killed and whatnot. You know, so that's that's original storyline right there. Yeah, you know, and then so Splinter got into the ooze with the turtles and everything else like that, and then bada boom, bada bing, bada boom, bada bing. Um, when this was released, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. No, but I, uh, Jim Henson, they did an amazing job, made yep. the turtles look great, phenomenal. Yes, you do know that it's an animatronic when yeah. you're watching it. Um, the way the story goes, but as a kid, you just kind of fall into it, you know. Well, and that's what I was about to say. The way the story goes, and the way it's, the way it's it's um, uh, performed, and the way it's it's shown, um, you 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 get lost in it. You you yeah. yeah every once in a while, you go okay. So you will see the match the mouth not match up with the words, but it almost becomes you're looking at their eyes instead of their mouth, or you're looking at the whole scene together instead of trying to watch the mouth to see if it matches up, unless yeah. you're actually literally trying to do that. Then it's just like anything else. I mean, you're not staring at everybody else's in a normal movie. You're you not know, watching like a po- sure that uh, yeah, like a, po- a popcorn up. eater. You know what I mean? You're, you're yeah, not a popcorn eater. It's, you get lost in it. They do a really good job. Now in the later movies, yes, it's terrible. Jim Henson wasn't involved. Yeah. Um, and it just it kind of went downhill. And those those more those plastic costumes and more plastic. just look yeah. terrible from being degraded over the years. Now that it's like a horror show. Yeah. But you know what's bad about it too <laughs> is that you know. This movie, they were there were so many complaints. Even April complained. You know, the actress that played April complained that it was too violent. You know, Jim yeah. Henson complained that it was too violent. And you know, you watch it now, and you're like, really? Like, I could watch stuff on Disney Channel that's a lot more violent than that was. You know, but right I mean, now, maybe you know they wouldn't. Mean? But maybe there wouldn't actually be weapons hitting each other, like showing weapons hitting each other. You well, know? Leo, what Leo don't even take his sword out in the second. In the second one, he doesn't take his swords out, and Raphael doesn't use his sayas because they're stabbing and slicing weapons. Yeah. You know, nunchucks weren't even really used that much. You know, yeah. like he uses sausages instead of nunchucks. Yeah, know. You know, Leonardo used sticks instead of his swords. Raphael just used his fists instead yeah. of his sayas, you know. So <clears throat> it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's maybe just about the, the extra violence of using a weapon instead of a fist yeah. or something. But, <clears throat> but yeah, in the cartoon, they had to get around that a lot and mm-hmm. not show as much violence and everything. Um, but that's why they turned the foot soldiers into robots because yeah. there was like a rule on TV where you couldn't show them hurting other people or, or, or striking other pe- uh, people, but things were fine and robots yeah. were things. So they yeah. just, you know, but, but I think that the robot, they were robots in the comics too, weren't they? Yeah. For a certain time or something like yeah. that. Um, I can't remember. I, I, I yeah. just swore I remember them being robots for a little bit in the comic. I don't know if it was the whole time or not. Oh, wait, wait. You're talking about the foot soldiers? No, no man. They, no. It, it, they weren't in there until really this yeah. TV series. So, in the, in the, yeah, in the cartoon show, it was all just robots uh, as the foot clan, and so Kang, which makes Kang it less was, Krang. Was, Krang was a, was a whatever. He was a robot technically, too, you know? Yeah, so uh, this is the, when it came out, it was the second highest grossing kids movie of 1990 behind, of course, Home Alone. Yep. Um, and it was the most successful, it was actually, it was number five of most uh, of 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 highest grossing movie of the entire year, yeah. Home Alone being the first, mm-hmm. and then three others before it, and then Ninja Turtles. But I mean that those three others were like Dances with Wolves, 
and something else. But I mean, like high caliber movies, the top five that this Ninja Turtles movie was in, it only had a $13 million budget and made over $200 million back. I think it was over $250 million mm-hmm. in returns and stuff. And it was a $13 million budget. So it shows that sometimes you get a better movie. I think it when makes you have like less thirty-one money. million dollars. I mean, no, worldwide it made two hundred over two hundred something was million dollars. Yeah, okay. because and that was only a thirteen million dollar budget. But then you saw more more money was thrown at it after that. Mm-hmm. You know, for part so two. and I bet all these studios are kicking themselves. Although you know, it understands they didn't want to take the risk with Masters of the Universe. But then, of course, the the studio that has been taking risks since it started, New Line Cinema, with Freddie and everything. that Freddie built. They took the risk on it. Not to produce it, but they uh, distributed it. Yeah. And it was Golden Harvest, actually, that produced it. Golden Harvest obviously did a lot of Jackie Chan movies, a lot of Bruce Lee movies, a lot of the, the Hong Kong American Three films. Three Ninjas. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Do you remember the names of the Three Ninjas? Rocky... Uh, Tum Tum uh-huh. and Colt. There you go. Good job. Who was the oldest? Who was the middle? Who was the Rocky youngest? Rocky was the oldest, yep. and Colt was the middle, yep. and then Tum Tum was the Colt youngest. Colt just had a bad attitude problem. Yeah, he did. He was a little punk, but I liked him the best. And, and Hit, him his, eyes, his, 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 Hit him in the eyes, boys! Hit him in the eyes! Hit him in the eyes! No, so she was working with Robin Williams on this other movie, Judith Hogue, and uh, she was just like... Um, she was like, yeah. He's like, well, what do you work? Why do you always leave in set? You know, what do you, oh, I got this other job. And he's like, well, what's it called? And she was like really embarrassed to, to talk about it because, I mean, she wasn't used to it. And it was a comics thing. It was a cartoon thing. And so she was just kind of like, oh, change me and there's the turtles. You know, just like real embarrassed about it. And like apparently he was just like, oh, my gosh. You know, just blew up because he is yeah. a huge. He was a huge Ninja Turtles fan. And so, like, he gave her a crash course, and I don't know if he gave her comics, because I know she didn't even come in until issue two. Yeah. But um, he gave her, like, a crash course in comics, maybe cartoons or whatever, of the Ninja Turtles, April's character, and all that characterization behind it. So I thought it was pretty cool. We had, like, a little Robin yeah. Williams uh, connection to to how... Because he was a big comic book collector, and, you know... Did, uh, was he a comic uh, book? Uh, yes, he was. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he, he actually did have the collection, you know, and, and you know, he big fan of Ninja Turtles yeah. you know so he knew everything about that and he helped her actually with her role I believe what's your, who's your favorite portrayal of April O'Neil might kick me on this one but I'd have to say Megan Fox she just her personality reminds me just so much more of an April type like what she's more wrong with you because the original April wasn't as much of a, a of kind you could of have even said the comic witty. book version before yeah. Megan Fox and like not even really an actor that, uh, yeah a, I consider lines and action. ink on a piece of paper better than Megan Fox's nah. acting <laughs> I, I liked it just because she seemed more 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 of a bulldog type you know personality like the second one was kind of like eh, whatever the first one was a little bit of a bulldog you know type personality but Megan Fox was a smart one about it you I'll know? just say my some of my personal favorite is um, Paige Turco. So the one from part two and yeah. three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, this one to me is obviously the best. I think Judith Hogue, she just, she, I mean, she's, she's, she's the redhead. Uh, she's fiery. She's got the attitude, but she can be sweet and everything and, um, and caring. I just think she's, she did such a great job. Uh, Paige Turco, I just like because 
Um, you know, I enjoy, I have fun watching Secret of the Years. Well, even I think, though this is the better movie, I I've got to say, probably the April Neal and the Last Ronin. Then I'm gonna have to say that then, if we're, if we're going all the way through. Okay, I, I like that one again. You know, I like Megan Fox's personality in this. I mean, just as far as April, I mean, she's she, she's not one to just kind of take anybody's crap, and she's kind of more involved in it you know what i mean whenever she comes on screen it makes me want to skip the scene yeah well i mean (laughs) that's just me she was actually judith hogue unfortunately was asked not to return to the next one after this um because you know basically due to her own personal complaining uh she was complaining about the six-day work schedule and the amount of violence in the movie so they said you know what we don't want to deal with this in the next movie so apparently there was enough um I mean, th- th- consternation that uh, they didn't want to. So, have are we her talking back. about the original Karen here then? I guess. I because, guess. Because, I, I mean, think about it. It's like you had to have been complaining so much that they went out of their way to find a brand new April for, for a very, for a box office hit of a movie, the sequel to it, which probably did pretty darn close to the, the original, you uh, know, as far as, as far as how much money it made. But it's like, it, it, you had to be pretty bad if they really did not want to bring you on to the second one. You know, it's pretty bad, I mean, pretty bad. So, uh, but um, she she got her revenge playing that bit part in Armageddon, and not much else after that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I suppose maybe, maybe she should have come back for yeah. that. Although they did go downhill after that, maybe she made the good call. So. So when we start with this movie, it kind of, you know, when I was watching it yesterday, right, in the beginning of it. As a crime wave arises in New York City, reporter April O'Neil correctly theorizes that the mysterious ninja foot clan is behind the rising chaos. Yes. Now, my my question is, is why, why can't we have a moving company called, like, the Ninjas, right? Like, because that guy's truck emptied out extremely fast. And I want to hire a moving company that. Moves I mean, that fast. it felt like that it was just almost just one wall of empty boxes and yeah. nothing behind it. Yeah. But Which I mean, probably what happened because of movie. Magic. Right, right. But I mean, no. But yeah, if there were right. some movers like to move your house. I remember like, even looking there; it's gone. You look back, <laughs> then it's gone. You know. I remember even having enough sense of time and what it takes to to move that amount of stuff at such a young age when I first watched this to know. Okay, this is weird. Well, that was a little too quick. I mean, yeah. ninjas are ninjas, but you know, heavy ass boxes in a yeah. moving truck are heavy ass boxes in a moving truck with only one exit. Right. So, do, I don't and know. do we establish that Danny was Danny the one that took the TV, or was it somebody else? No, I probably I think it was that, somebody that else because then you TV. look you look down and it was somebody else running off. Because these guys were quick, you know. I mean, like the lady looked back I, through her window, looked at her TV. Her TV was being jacked at the same point. And by the time she stood up to look over the railing, he was already like half a mile away. Danny did help bring some stuff to the van, but I don't think you ever saw him taking it. The only thing you actually saw him take was he pickpocketed a wallet. Yeah, there at the beginning. But well, and he stole money from April as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, she's doing this, and um, it's funny because she gets attacked by the foot in this first scene. Uh-huh. But then later on, when she's reporting on it again, it, it feels like it's the first time Shredder's watching it, because then he throws a knife at the TV, and he's like, find her, yeah, silence her. And it's like, 
Didn't you already try that at the very, very beginning? Because we didn't see the him yeah. order that. Yeah. But obviously, the foot was there on his orders. Well, so it was I'll, almost like he's like, try again, because the first time didn't go so well. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it, too, was you could tell that that's probably not the first time that she's brought it up, like with the police chief, that she's actually been dealing with this with the with the foot for a while now. And I feel like like maybe he had seen prior reports where she was doing the same thing, you know, like talking about the foot. So finally, like probably like after the third third time, fourth time, whatever, that's when I think he felt like where we were at in the movie, where he said, "Find her." Yeah. Her. So then we heard we hear this, and then we see Asaya hit the the light, yep. and then we hear Michael Leonard go, "Whoa!" After yep. they're all, you hear some Power Ranger. Um, um, sound effects, right? Correct. Yeah. You know, the sound of them flipping and stuff. That sound. Um, anyways, uh, they knock out the foot. They save April. And um, do you think this, the, the turtles were stalking her? Well, because they, they, how would they have been there? Well, because they know about her. Like, they talk about her on the on the TV a lot. You know what I mean? So, I think in a way, like, because... Again, this goes back to my theory of that she had been dealing with the foot for a while now. But I think the Splinter movie sent took them. Place. Because in the first movie, they weren't supposed to. And Splinter yeah. got mad at him for doing that. But in this one, they came back and uh, he's like, you know, we just had our first battle. And, uh, you know, Splinter was just like, were you seen? All this kind of stuff. And he was he was backing them. He was like, okay, this is what you've been trained by. But it feels like to me that they maybe watch, you know, obviously they watch her news reports. So it seems like maybe Splinter was like, after he saw the news report, he's like, uh, why don't you go watch this chick because she might get attacked, yeah, you know? Yeah. It seems like they would attack her for something like that, exposing right. them. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we see that Ralph loses... Uh, Ralph. <laughs> that's, the, that's the regular age version of yeah. Raphael. Um, Ralph. Regular age, modern age, whatever. Uh, Ralphiel. So now Ralphiel has is down one weapon, and um, he's so upset about it. Um, and, and this this is this is great because this opens up with a gritty city, and then you have the nighttime, and you know she's going out this very dangerous looking alleyway with with you know behind the news station. She gets saved. They're in this gritty, nasty looking sewer. And everything just looks so great. It doesn't look polished by a studio. It's an independent film, so it looks great. It's in the dark. So, yeah, the animatronics or the not-so-real-looking stuff can be masked by the darkness. Yeah. And that's what the, a little bit of the mistake they made in the uh, subsequent movies is that, you know, everything was more bright and polished. Yeah. And you could see kind of, okay, I, I could see animatronic eyes mm -hmm. moving and stuff. But they get back and, you know, they have a realistic looking layer there. But then we add in a little bit of the, the, the humor, um, you know, for those people that are coming over from the cartoon. Mm -hmm. It's like, OK, well, he's trying to give this big lesson and you got Michelangelo in the back over here, you know, ordering pizza. Yeah. No anchovies. If you put anchovies on this thing, you know, yeah, that whole scene. So they get their pizza and. Uh, uh, you know, Splinter tells him basically, look, one day I might not be here. You should still be eating pizza now. I know we should. We should be eating a big fat Domino's <laughs> or Pizza Hut, I guess. Yeah. Uh, nobody would probably work. Yeah. Um, oh, but you don't like Domino's either. No, I love Domino's. Oh, do you like? Yes. No, it's Papa John's you don't yes. like. That's right. So I don't like it. Calling out the companies. Um, 
So, anyways, he tells him I not I mean, might not be around. Rough, not Raphael. Uh, Michelangelo and Donatello have a conversation about it later. You could tell Donatello's a thinker. He's like, "Hey, did you ever think about what Splinter said?" How you doing? Hi. Nice night. Mm-hmm. Pizza dude's got thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mikey, did you ever think about what Splinter said tonight? I mean, about what it would be like, you know, not having him. Hmm. Time's up. Three bucks off. You know, even Leonardo's. Maybe he's quietly contemplating it, but. <clears throat> Obviously, got the personalities. Raphael doesn't want to hear it. He leaves to go see a movie. Leonardo's kind of in by himself, but he's probably contemplating it by himself because he likes to self-meditate and everything. That's who mm -hmm. Leonardo is. Donatello's asking those questions because Donatello's a thinker, and Michelangelo's ignoring it because it's too much to think about. You know, it's too heavy. He doesn't want to think about that stuff. Because yeah. uh, Donatello's like, you ever think about what Splinter said, you know, about him not being around? And Michelangelo just goes, hmm, time's up pizzas you know three bucks off or whatever yeah. however much it is you know he doesn't even want to think about it um so uh rafael goes to a movie he sees the critters and as a tongue-in-cheek thing you know probably talking about themselves he's like where did they come up with this stuff yeah yeah probably a line of many parents who took their kids to yeah. see that movie you know like where do they come up with this stuff well and that's what what was it he was supposed critters. to say something else about the batman film because the batman film was already out was he seeing critters or critters three but all I know is, is he was supposed to say something about the, what was it, bad uh, suit or what was it? Oh, what, just, just talking about Batman because yeah, it came out in the same, well, Batman came cool, out in 89. He cool, cool, cool car, bad suit or something or, oh man, that's going to tick me off. What was it that I was don't know. said? It was, it was supposed to be see what Raphael was supposed to say um, when he left the... Uh, the movie i can't remember i don't know but i know critters 3 was probably what this was supposed to be because it was 1991 is when that came out and that was leonardo dicaprio so rafael was probably watching a young leonardo dicaprio in his first movie oh and this was the last theatrical film that jim henson was associated with well he was in the witches too oh yeah because i saw that and then somebody else said that uh it was it was the witches so okay uh Anyway, so he goes and sees a movie, and then he sees somebody getting mugged, and he stops him, and that's where he meets Casey Jones. How about a five-minute game misconduct for roughing, pal? Hey, bogey, now who died and made you referee? You did your job, now get out of here and let me do mine. These JV lowlifes need to be taught a lesson. Not like that, they don't. Not from you. It looks like you're the one who needs to be taught a lesson, pal. Class is paying 101. Your instructor's Casey Jones. Look. I don't want to fight you. Well, tough rocks, pal. A Jose can say go back. Tell me. You didn't pay money for this. Uh, do you like the fight between them? Do you think that Casey Jones should have gotten the upper hand like he did, considering he's kind of a brawler and Rafael's been yeah. trained for the yeah. last 15 years? I, mean, I took martial arts quite a bit, you know, when I was younger and stuff. And, and you know, any martial artist is going to tell you, and they're going to straight up tell you that, you know, a street fighter could come off the street and whoop on a martial artist for the simple fact that there's no rules. For well, it's what we, we talked about in the Cobra Kai and yeah. the um, Karate Kid yeah. uh, episodes where 
nine times out of ten, Johnny's going to win a street fight, and yeah. nine times out of ten, uh, Daniel's going to win a competition yeah. fight. Yeah, so. exactly. And it's kind of the same situation here, you know, Raphael. But the only thing that didn't I mean, make a whole like, lot of sense is Raphael was like, like twice the, the size of Casey Jones. Uh, no, I, I he know. was. I know he was bigger. It was the biggest turtle. But I think he was about the same size as... I mean, obviously, he was bulkier. Yeah. He was much more muscled. No game, Roundhead. Cricket. Cricket? Nobody understands cricket. You got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. I'll teach you. Slow, freak. I got work to do. Freak! Um, but anyways, uh, they they go at it a little bit, and kind of Casey kind of hands Raphael his ass a little bit, yeah. and uh, takes off running, and he calls him a freak, and Raphael gets even more pissed. Yeah, I just kind of feel like Raphael probably going to handle that anyways, just just in the simple form or, or reason that he's just built bit bigger. Yeah, than Casey Jones. But as we've seen, we've seen Raphael go off on his own a few times yeah. in <clears throat> comics, cartoons, movies. And he's he, like the he, lone wolf, and he ends up. He never mess, ends up doing too well. No, he, he, he ends up, up like he'll time. he'll do pretty good against you know the usual threat yeah. or whatever, but against certain special people, whether it's Shredder, whether it's uh, Casey Jones, whether it's you know a mini boss or whatever, yeah. he ends up getting his his butt handed to him. And then if you see in this film when it's just the three of them and Raphael's out of commission, they don't do too well either. Yeah. The, the Turtles were trained by Splinter to work together. They're supposed to work together yeah. as a team, and, and they, they're never as strong as they are when it's all four of them fighting together. Yeah. Which which is weird because, like, That's if you think Raphael of ninjas... That's why Raphael throws them off whenever he takes off. Right. If you think of ninjas, like... Because in the third one, it's it's they're samurais, which samurais and ninjas are two different things. Yeah, very much so. You know, and, and... But they didn't really, like, separate them. Like, I imagine them to be more like samurais than ninjas, in a way. You know what I mean? Just because, like... Yeah, but they, ninjas they do in the fought, first. You know, ninjas fought alone a lot. You know, it wasn't something that you oh, hang I thought up. They were always in groups, and and you oh, know, no. they were always. I don't know. I don't know. You but, must read different ninja books. Than <laughs> hey, so. Well, you're reading the Ninja Turtle books, and so maybe I'm reading real ninja books. Who I don't knows? know. <laughs> no, so I'm, I'm not reading any ninja book. Yeah. No, but <laughs> yeah, it could be. I, I just think that they're 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 better together. Raphael gets his butt handed to him again. Uh, here in this scene, and it's not going to be the first time that he gets his butt handed to him in this movie. Um, he takes off. Uh, uh, April decides that she's going to keep reporting on the foot uh, to the annoyance of the police chief because he's trying to address the situation, but he doesn't want to start a panic. Well, he's trying to just basically put it on the back burner, burner even though it's it's a situation right in his he is. face. He's not taking a lot of it seriously, but <clears throat> I think he is trying to do some things, but he also doesn't want a lot of people knowing that there's uh, some kind of a, you know, a ninja group out there attacking people because then people will be in fear all the right. time. And But she's a reporter, so she's trying to report the truth. So she reports it again. This is when you see uh, Shredder say, find her and silence her. She gets attacked in the train station, and that's where Raphael goes and meets with her <clears throat> saves her from you know the donatello guy and uh takes her back takes her back to their little lair uh he gets followed by a foot mem uh, foot clan member and so now the foot knows where the turtle's lair is um while well, he goes back to go tell the rest of the foot that um she gets to know the turtles mm -hmm. and she gets to hear the whole story she thinks she's dreaming at first 
She accepted. She she accepts it pretty good after that, though. Yeah. I mean, she does do a good minute or two of freaking out, but well, I, I think her reaction is the best reaction out of all the. Uh, well, I mean, we only get what like two reactions here. Why but, can't I ever dream yeah. of Harrison Ford? <laughs> Which is so ironic to hear that now. You know, yeah. it's like, well, I mean, I guess they're around the same age, anyways. But, but I mean, Harrison Ford, he was he was a stud back then in the nineties. Yeah, you know, true, true. <clears throat> So yeah, you had the odds for him, I think. Something like that. Yeah. I'm sure I did. Yeah. Uh, but so she's attacked and and knocked unconscious. Uh, Raphael brings her back. Spooner explains to April about their history that he was once, uh, you know, a rat in Japan, and uh, he came over here with his master, and um, somebody attacked, and it ended up being Shredder. Um, when he was off by himself. Um, he got into the sewer with a bunch of sticky stub, nasty green substance with these turtles that he found in the sewer. They all got um, uh, manipulated by it, you know, uh, mutated by it, and turned into what they are today. So uh, they take the they take April home and they 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 joke around with her and have some good time, have some pizza with her. Go back to their lair and it's been ransacked, it's been destroyed. Raphael freaks out. You know, because he 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 needs that guiding force to help him with his anger and everything. So, and obviously that's how Raphael's going to freak out. So they go back to April's apartment and was like, mm-hmm. "We don't have anywhere else to go." And I like this because it's almost like they need babysitters. Yeah, they can't go back to their home, obviously, because of footsteps. They can't go find another place in the the sewer. They can't formulate a plan because... They're literally, truly teenagers. They're teenagers. They're lost. They don't know what to do. They're sitting there playing board games at the for, at the farmhouse. They're sitting in April's apartment eating pork rinds and, you know, joking about this or that, not going out and doing anything because Leonardo said he, you know, he wants them to form a plan, but also they're kind of just like, they need some time to recover. You know, they're kids. You know, in a normal yeah. story, they'd be like, all right, let's go after these. And then you see like a montage of them flipping towards the the foot's hideout or whatever to go fight him and everything but you know this is a true movie where they're just like they're devastated they don't know what to do they're just teenagers yeah. that the, their dad just, he may be dead their home got ran well if you if you look at every iteration of this of the ninja turtles it's always the same thing though they they're all i mean again they're all teenagers they they need to have somebody to guide them you know whether it be their master whether it be april whether it be you know casey jones later on you know i mean whoever they need somebody else to guide them i mean yeah leonardo's can be a leader but it's like pretty much they just get their assignments from splinter and then that's where they go and do yeah you know what i mean yeah so this happens and they're, they're just devastated they're not they're not self-starters and not working on their own they're just kids so <clears throat> i thought that was pretty good you know they don't know what to do you know donatello and michelangelo they're just gonna hang out until you know, Michelangelo or uh, Raphael and Leonardo do something yeah, or make a plan or something. Um, but uh, meanwhile, uh, the chief who's mad at April tells, calls uh, her boss, her, her boss, which is uh, Charles Pennington and Danny, her son or uh, Charles's son. He works for the foot and he's been caught doing some stuff, doing some illegal stuff. And uh, basically the chief is like, look, I'll let him go. <laughs> If you can put a, you know, if you can rein in your reporter here and get her to stop reporting on this so I can take care of it. If not, this guy's going to stay in jail. So completely, I mean, this police chief needs to be fired, right? Yeah. Yeah. Abuse of power and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
But so anyways, Charles and Danny go there and they tell and Charles is telling April she needs to stop reporting. Danny sees one of the turtles, goes and tells Shredder about it. You know, not really thinking, but just wanting to build his way up in the the whole, uh, you know, what is it called? The clan or the yeah. the group or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Raphael gets in an argument with Leonardo and uh, he's like, you know, screw you. I'm out of here. I don't need you. And he goes up to the roof, uh, April's roof. And this is my favorite part. Yeah. So I, I'm sure I'll ask you that in a bit. But this is my favorite part of the movie. It's uh, Raphael up on the roof. Casey Jones, I think when we were watching it, I was like, how are the chances that Casey Jones is going to be that close to April's building, his yeah. building? But then you did make the point. Well, they bumped into each other earlier when he, he went to go see the movie. Raphael yeah. did. So Raphael, Casey, and April all live kind of in the same vicinity. Yeah. And that's why they're always running into each other, yeah. I guess. But um, but it's just a really cool scene with him looking out on the city, the shot from the back of the head where, you know, you kind of got the dull city background. The green is not too pronounced, but you got this real bright red bandana just kind of mm -hmm. flapping in the wind. And, you know, it represents all the turtles because they all used to have red bandanas, too. So, yeah. you know, that could be any turtle just sitting up there looking down on New York. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was a really great shot. I think the director definitely has a, a good eye for things. Um, but then you start to see, as Casey starts to see, a group of foot soldiers behind him slowly coming towards him. And then we have a, a scene where April gets home, is talking to them. The rest of the turtles are like, hey, do you want me to give you a tour of the antique shop downstairs? Yeah. They go downstairs. They're talking. It goes back and forth between, you know, her telling them about her shop and everything. And then Raphael just getting his ass handed to him. I mean, did nobody notice going up the um, elevator a bunch of ninjas? Because how, how, must how the heck fire else? escapes or something. But I mean, you know. That doesn't look obvious either. You see, you know, a, a matter of what, like 25 guys, probably 30 at most, you know, a What's bunch of... the secret of the ninjas? We'll never yeah, know was, because we don't know out. the art of ninjutsu, but, but, the art of invisibility. But it was still light outside. Like, you could see a bunch of ninjas in black crawling up the fire escapes. Well, I mean, that's not you weird. Can't. Obviously, you can't. Um, obviously. I, I think somebody would say something. It'd be like, 911, uh, yes, uh, I'd like to report a bunch of ninjas crawling up this building for whatever reason. I do not know. But they are a bunch of ninjas. Hey, there's probably multiple elevators, multiple staircases. Maybe they just took a different but staircase. But then you get Granny going up in, a, in an elevator filled with a bunch of ninjas. Yeah, have you, yeah. I'd like to have seen that scene and just yeah. checking their watches as they're yeah. going up. Big crew. Shut it. I, mean, I, I, I get it at nighttime, right? I get it at nighttime. They probably could sneak in that <laughs> building. Nobody would see them. But in the middle of the day, somebody's going to either see a bunch of ninjas riding up in the elevator, a bunch of ninjas going up on the stairs, or a bunch of ninjas calling up the fire. Or stars. maybe they'd have it's their masks. Of ninjas. Maybe they have their masks off when they're going up, so then it just looks like they're in a tight jumpsuit. Maybe yeah. they're just exercising. Yeah. And it's not until like the elevator goes ding, and they quickly all put in the, on their masks and they're they go all out and fight. With they've got duffel bags on their backs, you know, changing their ninja uniform every time. Well, no, they, they just hold their masks or something. Because I mean, what if one of the ninja turtles stepped outside for a quick smoke break, right? And then all of a sudden, you see a bunch of half-naked ninjas getting dressed in their ninja gear. No, they would be wearing everything but their mask. Like under clothes? Yes, because remember, okay. you, they, that used to probably be what like bicyclists looked like back then. That's I don't know. True. So mm -hmm. anyways, he's uh, at, at, taken from the comic books, although it was Leonardo in the comics. Um, Raphael is beaten to a pulp and thrown through a skylight and falls into April's apartment. 
where they all jump in and they all have this this fight and it's cool michelangelo has like a little chuck off with a, a fellow chucker and um who was the guy you were talking about earlier i think yeah yeah he the was fellow the chucker stud, stud man for oh, most fellow of the, chucker uh, eh uh foot clan so they have a big old fight and the music's great and uh even the fun music versus the cool music yeah uh um, Tatsu is there and he's just not doing anything. That dude's useless. He doesn't fight anybody. Yep. The only people he fights is the kid that he beat up. I but just I, think, I know I what think, you mean. I think right when Casey Jones shows up and the, even the tone of the music changes, um, it's less playful. It's less, um, you know, jokey. I mean, you do have a couple jokes in there, you know, with, with Casey and Donatello, I believe it was. Um, but some you have some jokes there. But... In Which all, that them making fun of each other, yeah. them fixing that truck—that's straight well, no, from the well, comics too. Right, right. But what I'm saying is, even that was more of a serious tone than the rest of the film. You know, right when Casey shows up in April's apartment is right when the the tone of the film changes. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, they they definitely have to start taking more things more seriously. I think what happened was the first time <clears throat> Splinter got taken, and they were just completely thrown off, not knowing what to do. You know, other storytelling would tell you then they're at their lowest at that point, right? Then starts their slow climb back up to you know being on top again. You but know, I, I that, feel like they've hit rock bottom. But this was like not only did they get knocked down because of splitter. Now they got their asses kicked here. Raphael's in a coma. They have to run from the city. Not not just their home. They have to run from the city. So it feels like they should have made a comeback then. But they got their asses handed to them even more. And now they're out one of their brothers. So yeah, it is it is a darker way. But I think. Their response to how when Splinter was taken by running and hiding and not doing anything to now this happening, they ran, but then they, they decided, okay, instead of just hiding, we're going to try to do something. We're going to regroup. Leonardo's like, I'm going to try to reach out to Splinter, whatever, try to meditate about something. And they actually started to try to do something about it. So I agree. I mean, this is when it really starts to get I'm, serious. I, I think when Splinter goes kidnapped, gets his rat butt kidnapped, um, I feel like dirty rat. You killed my brother. brother. No, but I feel like um, at that point they're more in shock about it. Like they're just in shock because they they've never been at this point. They've never been without Splinter. They've never really had you know. I mean, they've been in little tussles here and there and stuff. But I mean, nothing as serious as what's happening right then. You know, and I think they were more in shock. And then you know. April is like slowly trying to basically April is there to keep them together and keep them from falling apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then when, when Raph, you know, when Raph gets hurt and Casey shows up, that's when I feel like the tone just changed to seriousness. And they're like, they're like, look, okay, we got to snap out of this. We got to figure something out or else we're going to die. Is, is April's family rich or something? Cause she owns the antique shop. Yeah. Um, She's a news reporter, an anchor, which they make pretty good money, or yeah. usually they do, mm-hmm. like an on-TV live anchor. And yeah. she's got this house up in Massachusetts, this farm, actually this whole entire farm up in Massachusetts. Is her family, I like, why did she, if, does she ever go up to that farm? So why she, wouldn't she have sold that and got it like a better apartment or something like that in New York? Well, you know, I mean, and none of this stuff. I mean, back in the day, I'm sure that a lot of people owned stuff like that. You know, and it was just common sense. Nowadays, maybe afterwards. everybody's consolidated everything, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, maybe afterwards she sells the farm and the antique shop so that they can, you know, have cool turtle stuff. Like the turtle van and everything. Who knows? Um 
so while all this been going has been going on, Danny's been kind of taking counsel from Splinter, yeah, and talking with him at the bad guys base and everything. The bad guys. Um, you know the the uh, Raphael slowly recovers and eventually wakes up. Uh, then they start training again, and they decide, okay, we need to do something about this. And, and when Splinter was taken, they just sat around eating snacks in April's apartment and didn't know what to do. Now they got their asses handed to him again, and it almost cost one of their lives. Now they got to do something about this. Yeah. So they start training again, and mainly it's to get Raphael back up to full strength or as close as they can get him before they go because they need Raphael strong again. Yeah. April and Casey, you know, they're like falling in love and doing their little thing out there, flirting and all that. Um, and so um, basically Splinter tells Danny all about his all about his love and all that kind of stuff and uh, the Turtles return to the city. Danny's actually staying in the Turtles' old little lair place yeah. in the sewer. <clears throat> And uh, as soon as they come back, they see that he's been there. They kind of connect a little bit. And Danny realizes that he's kind of on the wrong side of it. This guy knows where Splinter is. Yeah. And that what he's been doing is wrong. And, and it helps that Splinter says, you know, all uh, when he's like, my dad doesn't care about me. And Splinter's like, I doubt that all fathers care for their sons. Yeah. Which, obviously, yeah, that's not true. Yeah. I, mean, well. I mean, but fathers who call themselves fathers care for their sons. Or consider themselves you know. fathers, at least, yeah. So, um yeah so anyways uh, uh danny goes back to meet with splitter again and uh, the shredder catches him there and finds a piece of paper because while they're at the farmhouse rachel was uh, rachel uh april was drawing uh uh the uh turtles yeah and uh she drew leonardo she drew donatello and casey maybe the other two casey yeah. whatever but um Danny asked to have one of those when they were together in the lair, and, and, and so he put one of them in his pocket. But for some reason, he still doesn't tell the turtles, hey, by the way, I know where Splinter is. This guy knows where Splinter is. I mean, I don't know. It seems like he had turned at that point, right? Yeah. He didn't want anything to do with him anymore. I mean, yeah, it wasn't until the next time he went and he pulled his bandana off when when the Shredder found out. Yeah. But I, I just feel like at that point, he should have probably been like, look, guys, I know I've done wrong. I've messed up, but I can take you to Splinter right now. Yeah. This guy knows where Splinter is. It would have been much better than that brawl on the street. You right. know, the, the turtles wouldn't have been able to find some kind of a secret way street, to get in it? and just beat everybody up. That final scene was it Sesame was. Street it was. on one of the roofs. It actually did look like a lot <laughs> like yeah. Sesame Street. Know. You know, the big, uh, the big old um, stairs leading up <laughs> uh -huh. to the houses yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Literally, it was done on Sesame Street. <clears throat> So uh, he goes to, he goes back to Splinter, and Splinter finds that drawing of Leonardo, and he's like, "Damn, back!" And so he just mobilizes everybody, and it's like everybody go to where their lair is in the sewer, which is in the same block area as the now burned down April apartment and Casey's apartment or <coughs> right. whatever. Casey actually sees Danny going, and follows him, and finds Splinter there as well, right. and him and Danny are in charge of saving Splinter. So they have to fight Tatsu. We're a family. Family? You, you, see what you said, family? You, you, you call this here and that down there family? You know, I know you never had family before, but this isn't what a family does and stuff. So uh, they have their big, uh, while they're doing that, the foot all go to the turtles and you got like the second best scene of the movie, which is an all out brawl. This basically from the time that uh you know casey follows him back and and 
I mean, it's just this all-out brawl that stretches from the sewer, you know, from the layer to the rest of the sewers. And then it goes up on the street. And then it goes up onto a building. I mean, they just fight all over the place. And, you know, I feel like the action set pieces of nowadays, you know, it's all just, like, contained in this one spot or whatever. They never really get a chance to kind of you know evolve and go this place and that place and really draw it out and and not just have it be one action scene but you know have it be a whole third act of an action scene you know of 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 something going on yeah um anyways the the turtles are doing a pretty good job uh four against what a hundred yeah something like that um they're doing actually a pretty good job because they're all working together now having a good time and then they get to the top of the roof and they beat all the 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 foot right yeah but then who drops down the shredder Shredder. as soon as he drops down it's them fighting if you notice all the bodies of the foot soldiers are gone it's like they disappeared (laughs) and then it's just a clear place for the for splinter and the turtles to fight whereas a few seconds before that i was noticing it last night there was a bunch of bodies of the foot clan yeah now, maybe it was just like one part of the building and then they just turned around to another part or whatever, but it looked like it was the same place, but suddenly all the bodies were gone. Well, and I think this is the first iteration that we get of Shredder that he actually uses martial arts because I, I read somewhere that I don't believe he uses martial arts in any other movie he's ever been in. Well, in the new one, he does. I mean, like in the new one, well, the thing I hate about the newer ones is that they're just, their names should have been Teenage Mutant Turtles. There's no ninja about them. Like, I get it. There are scenes of them with their weapons, and they do have fight scenes, ninja fight scenes or whatever. Well, when they're younger, you get a lot more martial arts than Yeah, maybe. And you do see a bit of it as they're older. But, I mean, mainly it's just, I like that first scene where you have turtles literally picking up cargo containers and tossing them like they're nothing. But see, I I like that, though. I hate that because it makes it about the strength. It makes it about the monster instead of the art of ninjutsu. You know, the art of martial arts of the ninja. And that's what the the newer ones were missing that this had, is you had real performers doing some badass (laughs) choreography with real Hong Kong stuntmen. And it, it just looks so much better than just monsters go like hulking out. It's just, you know, oh, you know, there, there's no art. There's no skill to this. It's just I'm really strong and I can toss people. Well, around. that's I mean, what Raphael was you, in the new one. You got a lot of that with, you know, with Splinter in the newer ones. You know, you saw a lot more martial arts out of Splinter than you had before. I mean, because one was a puppet before and the other one was CGI. But, you know, with Tony Shalhoub's version. That's right. But, I was never looking for martial arts from Splinter when I was yeah. younger. But I mean, he's the one. He's the original gangster. But he's not teenage. He's not old mutant ninja rat. He's he's just yeah. But but, I mean, he's Splinter. But I mean, when you have a title, teenage mutant ninja turtles, I want to see some ninja moves. I want to see a martial arts art form that ninjas use. Well, you get that just being. I'm gonna throw this thing. I'm so tough. I like it because I feel like that mutagen. I mean, it's turning. You know. 
animals into humanoids. I, and I get the comics, and it's like I get the growing. comics explanation for it. Why is it, why they keep getting bigger? And that's cool that they explain that. But it, with these movies and stuff, I mean, they didn't explain it. these. The, the you had these massive, gigantic <laughs> things that were still fourteen and fifteen years old. I don't yeah. know. No, I, I guess it's it. a I guess it's a preference thing or whatever. Yeah. But um, so they actually stick to well i mean at first they take them one-on-one and he schools all of them and then they try to go at them together and they still get schooled they're yeah. they're okay now we're we're meeting with somebody from old school you know uh, you know old school japan japan martial arts and this isn't somebody that we can just fight you know we're just teenagers we're good but we're not that good yeah um and uh, so he tells them that he killed uh, Splinter. This guy knows where Splinter is. Makes them put down their weapons or he's going to kill Leonardo, which they do. One of Michelangelo's nunchucks go over and hook onto a railing. And Well, we get the, the reason we get Shredder there is because Daniel and Casey Jones, well, Daniel brings Casey Jones to Splinter's aid so they can release him. And then they show up basically at the building because they, you know they're pretty much at a stalemate right now you know i mean shredder's just kind of having a uh, good old time yeah know? i don't think it's even a stalemate uh, he's just playing with his food he he could kill these guys at any time I yeah think. i agree especially in the second one but you know uh yeah. in in this one you know you, you do hear mikey seem to go a lot longer than some of the other turtles yeah when they know? did the one-on-one thing at first it was um leonardo went first and oh no, Raphael went first, and he got tooled pretty quickly. Leonardo just dived. I mean, it, he just dove, and, and he just got knocked out down. Yeah, and then, like, so he didn't do anything. Um, and then Donatello, and Michelangelo do rock paper scissors. See who gets to go first, and uh, it's Michelangelo who gets to go first. But then when he goes, it flashes down to the street where Casey, Casey Jones, yeah. um, Danny, and they had brought Splinter, but he's disappeared now, uh, and all the rest of the foot are down there. The, well, I say the rest of the foot, the rest of the teenagers who are trying to be part of the foot, the delinquents or whatever, uh-huh. and yeah. they're kind of seeing that the the turtles, they're just seeing bodies everywhere of yeah. the foot. You know, they just got messed up and everything. So, uh, where was I going with this? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. While they're doing that, you hear Michelangelo up there going, yeah, 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 you know, doing yeah. making all his funny fighting noises. Raphael lasted two seconds. Leonardo lasted one second. Uh, Michelangelo was going off all this time. Now, that, that was probably just a movie thing they're putting in effects yeah. because afterwards they're all huddled together and they're breathing heavy, and you never even got to hear Donatello fight. But it looks yeah. like he had been fighting. So it looks like that. But, you know, Michelangelo seemed to put up the longest fight towards yeah. Shredder. So I don't know. Maybe that's a nunchuck thing because Splinter ends up using the nunchucks at the end. But yeah. he's about to kill him. And, uh, you know, uh, he's about to kill Leonardo first, and then Splinter shows up. Splinter! Uh. Yes, Uwokusaki. I know who you are. We met many years ago in the home of my master, Omato Yoshi. It's him. You. Now I will finish what I began with your ear. Uh. 
the nunchucks around, wrap them around the spear, and toss them over the Somehow, side. Somehow, a frail rat is able to one-handedly, mind you, toss them over, swing and over nunchucks. I mean, I, that's some good judo because I mean, judo is all about that moving, hey, right, using moving their away. their weight against and them, and the momentum against yeah. them, and everything. But I mean, he literally flipped shredder. He flipped Shredder. And then he held the him into the dump truck down. To, you know, where this well, Shredder you know, probably yeah. without all his armor, maybe like 170, something At like least, that. Maybe. 170, maybe 180. Um, and then with that gear, with all his costume and all that metal that's there, yeah. maybe another 20 pounds or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, I mean. Sim- assisted murder with Casey Jones. Yeah, well, first of all, he's he's trying to talk to the we Shredder. We learned that this is not the death of Shredder, yeah, but... Yeah, first of all, you have Splinter trying to talk to Shredder, you know, he's like... Death comes for us all, Urokusaki, but something much worse comes for you, for when you die, it will... <laughs> Oops! Yeah, then Casey straight up murders. Anybody would have died. Before before a secret of the years, yeah, you would have died from the fall. Shredder would have been. If you didn't land just perfectly on the trash inside that trash can, you would have been squished. And then you probably would have had some internal bleeding, squished with the dump truck, and then end up in the dump. Yeah, and and before a secret of the years, let's face it, Casey Jones straight up murdered. The yes. Shredder. Yes, we yeah. know he comes back in the second movie. But before that movie happened, Shredder they murdered knew they had people been, too. But, before they but knew that, they didn't now. know they were going to make a sequel yeah. to this. He straight up murdered him. And the turtles, as along with everybody else, just looked the other way. That's probably and why cheer Casey on for, for making out with. It's probably why that director got Did he fired? fired. Oh yeah, he got fired. Uh, uh, the the guy that oh, yeah, Raphael yeah. came out and said he was on a podcast, uh, and he came out and said he said he said yeah, like the last week of filming the director got fired because the movie was too dark. Oh, because I know that the, they... The, I'm like, how do you get say, darker than Casey Jones murdering somebody? The, yeah, they did say that the editing was taken over from him, yeah. <laughs> which you would have no, assumed he got, he got that, straight up he, fired. that means he got fired. PCO but. or what's his name uh, that played Raph? Uh, Josh Pice. Pice, yeah. He, he's the one that said it on the podcast. So Interesting. Um, yeah. Well, he murders Shredder, Marks and him. then he, for his reward for murdering Shredder, he gets to make out with that. That's That must turn April on because yeah. she wanted not much to do with him before that. Then he murdered somebody, and she's like, oh, hello there. Come yeah. here. You know, he, she's he, so used to violence. Yeah, he murdered him until uh, um, the, the melodies of Vanilla Ice brought him back to life. <laughs> Well, I don't think you know. It was much before before we got to Vanilla Ice, but maybe he heard Vanilla Ice on the radio. Maybe Vanilla yes. Ice was in it town. Brought him back time. to life. It Yo, healed his it's wounds. a green machine. Gonna yes. rock the town without being I'm seen. Better. I'm already feeling better. Have you ever seen the turtle get down? Get down. <laughs> I already feel better. I can feel healthier. But that's not to the next movie. In this movie, we have T U R T L E power. Turtle power. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, I never used to know what they were spelling when I was younger. Obviously, it's obvious. But the way that the the voice did it, it was like, E-U-R-E-R-E. And that's just just sounded like they were just making noise to me when I was younger. And it wasn't until I was older, I was like, oh, they're actually spelling something. That song. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, you know we're going to talk about the next one next week. But, you know, this, this film, it was just, it was just so much... Again, it was it was darker. It was it was a lot well, 
a lot better, I think, cast in a way. I mean, it's a lot of the same people, right? You know, besides uh, April. But, you know, it just the, the whole core of the characters, it seemed a lot more real even though they're you know gigantic turtles, you know, but it felt it felt it felt more grittier, more as real, real as more a darker. Movie about right, where we're, turtles, you know, be. every movie, you know, preceding it, not preceding it, it's not where I'm looking. Yeah, preceding but it. You, oh, you mean after it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subsequent yeah. to it. Subsequent whatever. to it, you know, every movie subsequent to it uh, got lighter and lighter, yeah. including the newer ones. And you know, it got playful. a lot more lighter, a lot the more. Studio playful. so mad they should have kept the yeah. same director. They would have stayed pretty good. I yeah. imagine he probably could have gotten. Some pretty dark yeah. stuff after that. But I mean, I mean, we'll talk about it in the next one. But I understand so. it because nowadays, yeah, you have that 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 wall of innocence is, is shattered now and you yeah. got kids exposed to adult things at a much mm-hmm. younger age nowadays than Video back games in the day. And everything. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'd like to say we were a little bit tougher back in the day, uh, but we were also, there was still a wall of, of uh, censorship for kids and everything. So I get that they want to, you know, kids that we want it to be more for kids. Whereas nowadays it's like, well, you can make it kids, but you can make it still a little grown up because kids are mature, more mature nowadays than they used to mature. be. Not really true, but no. you know, they're just doing more adult stuff when they're younger, which actually makes them worse adults when they get older. Correct. In my opinion. But, um, yeah, I mean, you had that wall of censorship. So I understand the studios getting in there and being like, look, we need to make this. This is a kid's property. This is a kid's IP. We need to make this for kids. But the cartoon retrospect, is a kid's property, but it really was not a kid's property originally. I mean, it was. Though. I mean, all comics are for for, for younger generation yeah. anyways. Well, you know, I mean, that's what it's now. supposed to be. So, yeah, I get that. But, I mean, you looking back on it now, it worked better to have it. You know, have the jokes in there every once, but mainly have it, have a dark, gritty edge, and then take it, film it like that, and then shave off what you can to make it okay for kids. You know, yeah. where like okay, that that'll be okay. You know, whereas you're not making a kids movie, you're making a turtles movie, and then doing what you can to, you know, take off maybe a little bit here and there just to make it a kids movie. That would be okay. Yeah. But just going full on, okay, we're going to be jokes all around. It's going to be bright. It's going to be light. Bright light, I, it just bright did a disservice to it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'll, even though I have more fun watching Secret of the Use, like, I know that this is such a good movie. And I, I wouldn't even say Secret of the Use is necessarily my favorite. I really, really like this first one. It's just that I tend to have more fun. I like Kino. I like Toka and Razor, <laughs> even though they should have been Bebop and Rocksteady. You know, stuff like that. Well, the second one was a lot more... Um there's a lot more martial arts. There's a lot more fighting that you actually got to see because they couldn't use their weapon. Right, right. But but you know, like in the first one, you, just like with the Shredder scene, you got to see a couple of them go after, like you know, Raphael and Leonardo go after Shredder. But then you don't get to see much after that until like the very end. There wasn't a lot of fighting, real fighting martial arts. Like there, I mean, the the second one just starts off, you know, with Ernie Reyes, you know, just whooping whooping some button. You know, a lot of the uh, the turtles, you know, just really fighting in it. You know what I mean? You didn't get to... I felt like you didn't get to see a lot of the turtles. Well, and there was never arts. any serious fights. Yeah. Um, the closest... No, there was never any serious fights. They were all fights that had quipping yeah. and playfulness and even playful music. Whereas in the first one, you had some serious fights with some 
some dramatic sounding music. And if they had come into the first movie like they did with Secret of the Use, where it was all playful and silly, that's how the audience would have taken it. It would have been cheesy and corny. Yeah. But they actually made it serious with high stakes in the first one so that they could come back in the second one. It's like, okay, well, we don't necessarily have to be dark here because we've already seen them be playful every once in a while. Yeah. And yeah, we got to get it to more kids. So they made them more. It's it's more about, all right, let's have more fight scenes I where think they're we're playing, playing with their one. food. I think we're opposite ends on so? this one. Because you, you, did, you were talking about how it was a lot more serious fights on the first one than there was in the second one, right? Yeah, because there was there was, there was was fights in the first one where there wasn't quipping. And it was like, and it was real serious music. It was real serious fights. Them in the burning building when Casey showed up and the music got serious and they really seriously started to fight. In the second one, I don't remember one fight that didn't have some kind of uh, playful music, play, playful quips, uh, well, when fun er, er, atmosphere Ernie to the fight. Was fighting other foot. Yeah, it still uh, had a playful air to it. You know, him uh -huh. and Raphael were joking around. Like, when did he actually fight somebody? Yeah, well, it was like a get the bells. Remember? It was like a five second fight scene before he got yeah. the bells. You know, it was he was whooping up on somebody for five seconds. They're like, "Wow, he's really good. Let's see if you can do this." And then he did the bells, but that wasn't fighting. You know, well, that was Raphael too. So. And it was Raphael's who got the bells anyway. So I mean, there was one, not one fight where it wasn't playfulness. You know, the 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 mall at the very beginning of part I two. Know. I liked it better um, though. In the the warehouse one. and the uh, the vanilla ice concert in the second, yeah. you know, in the second one. I just uh, I, I and then the TGRI, you know, that was fun and playful. So there was never like a serious, serious yeah. uh, scene when it came to fighting or whatever in the first one. So I think it was just a matter of well, they couldn't be serious because they know that the tittles, tittles, that the turtles quit. Tittles. And so they needed to keep that going or whatever. And then they just kind of lost the plot in part three. I, I, you know, for part two next week, I think I'm going to do a lot of research on part three too and try to find out why or whose idea it was to make the turtles go back in time. There, I don't know if there was a comic plot or if there was ever a TV show uh, episode plot where they went back in time that they tried to take from. I mean, it's, it's unique. I guess. Well, there was a lot of stories going back in time, though, back in the 90s, though, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, after the Back to the Future uh -huh. craze, it's like, oh, we should go visit different you know, points in time or whatever. Hey, real quick, um, I was going to ask you to do this beforehand, but I wanted to kind of get you off the cuff. Rank, rank the four turtles your favorite. Oh, that's easy. Probably that's uh, why I didn't tell you Michelangelo, Raphael, Number one is Rafa Donatello, and then... Leonardo. So in that order, Michelangelo, Raphael, Donatello, and Leonardo. Correct. Okay. Mine's almost opposite. <laughs> well, no, mine's a little mixed up. My number one is Donatello. My number two is Leonardo. My number three is Michelangelo. My number four is Raphael. When I was younger, Raphael was my yeah. favorite. He's actually now my least favorite because I think we've gotten so... Because since then... We've gotten so many characters where you have the broody one that has the attitude problem and he's always angry. You know, in 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 uh, the Justice League, that's Batman. You know, Raphael is Batman. Yeah, and even they, in the new movies, comic he's books with with the Ninja Turtles and Batman. Yeah, so. and even in the new movies, they're like, oh, he's using his Batman voice. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> um, but. You know, there's a there's a, a cracked you, you know cracked after hours that show that web show I showed you. By the way, if you get a chance, it's the best web show out there about movies and about pop culture, and making weird assumptions and big leaps 
theories and everything. It's such a great show. It's 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 from Cracked and it's called Cracked After Hours. Go look it up on YouTube. There's four hosts. They're great. But they do they do this thing where they separate all four of the turtles into the four humors. Um, so you have the red, which is representative of blood, and um, that is uh, basically the hot-headed person, yeah. the uh, the passionate person, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you have phlegm, which is uh, the uh, smart, more pragmatic person who thinks out loud and all that kind of stuff. You have the person who's more about honor and and uh, uh, um, responsibility and 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 everything like that um and that's supposed to be bile and then you have urine which is like the more funny one so you know like the four different types of body liquids or whatever but i mean it just it it, it relates to the four different types of humors four different personalities that are in these groups and have been in storytelling so uh your passionate person would be Raphael. Your pragmatic person would be Donatello. Your honor-bound person uh, who has a sense of duty is Leonardo. And, you know, your funny, light-hearted person who's just, uh, is, is Michelangelo. So it has it for Sex in the City. You know, for the Scooby-Doo gang, it's Daphne is like Raphael. Uh, you got um, Velma is Donatello. You got... Um, Who's the main guy in Scooby-Doo? <laughs> Fred. Let's call him John. Fred is Leonardo, Fred, and obviously Sca- Shaggy and Scooby are, are the other one. In Seinfeld, you got Elaine as like the Raphael. You got uh, George as like the Donatello. Jerry as the Leonardo, and Kramer as the Michelangelo. Yeah. Uh, the Fantastic Four, you have uh, Ben Grimm the Thing as Raphael. You got Susan Storm as Donatello, which I think... These two should be switched. Susan Storm is Donatello, and Leonardo is Doctor as as Mister Fantastic. I think those two should be yeah. straight. And then uh, Johnny the Human Torch as the funny one. Yeah. Right. And then in the Beatles, even they even talked about the Beatles. You got uh, John Lennon as the Raphael character. You know the passionate one or mm-hmm. whatever. <clears throat> you got the pragmatic one, which is George Harrison. Uh, which is like the Donatello character. You got more the leader, the honor-bound one, which is Paul McCartney. And then you got the funny one, which Ringo is Ringo Starr. Star. So, I mean, it's it's kind of cool how they laid it all out and how in every type of storytelling, when you have a trope of, or a troop of four different main characters, they usually get categorized in those uh, categories. They even does Sex in the City. I, I don't know these names well know. enough to say them out loud. Um but Sarah Jessica Parker is the Donatello, <laughs> if that means anything. No. The dark-haired really. one is the Leonardo. The blonde is the Michelangelo, and the redhead is obviously Raphael. Okay. So. Whatever. Whoever knows Sex in the City, that's how they yeah. they organize those. But if you get a chance, go go watch the um, the uh, uh, Cracked episode uh, where they talk about the Ninja Turtles. Just put Cracked After Hours Ninja Turtles. You'll see what it is. And um, it's a great show, uh, but I thought I thought that was a really cool thing to bring up because it does have those with the four different personalities. And if you were a kid in the '80s and '90s, you put yourself in one of those personalities. It's kind of like Ghostbusters too, you know. You have those four different personalities in the Ghostbusters. Um, <clears throat> Definitely, Venkman, weirdly enough, probably would be like the Michelangelo. I mean, don't you think he's yeah. always quipping? I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, B- Bill Murray's character, and then yeah, I Donatello's think obviously. Thankman, or I mean, uh, who's the uh, the one from the third movie, the newest movie? 
Harold Ramis' oh, character. Oh, 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 Egon. Uh, Egon, yeah. Yeah, Spangler. He he would be Donatello, of course. Yeah. You know, Ray would probably be Leonardo, yeah. like the leader person. Yeah. And then you have Winston as the Raphael person, yeah. you know. So uh, it's it's interesting how how the four different personalities always play out like I that. I think Ray would be more the Raphael, and then um, um, Ernie Hudson. Ray was would be all, more but I mean, Leonardo. The Leonardo was more about like the honor bound. He wasn't. I mean, Ray wasn't very passionate. Winston was passionate. Remember, True. you know, and, and you know he was the one to, to go tell somebody to you know go suck an egg or something. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I haven't um, tried that yet, but I've been I, eating eggs, not something. <laughs> but I bet you could go back to all different type of literature, and when you have groups of four like this, you could probably shuffle them into all those yeah. those different types of humors, yep. personalities, or whatever. Uh, all right, well, stupid question, but did you enjoy this movie? Obviously, absolutely, one hundred percent. Do you have any favorites to ask me? What's your favorite pe- pizza? Place to get pizza of all time, and it doesn't have to. I'm talking about main chains because we could talk about. Local chains in New York or whatever. People know, I love Costco know who pizza. we're talking. But out of all the main chains, you'd say Costco is your favorite. Yes. I love Costco pizza. I can't choose between Domino's and Papa John's. Well, for me, if like a main chain, it would be Domino's. Yeah, I love Domino's. I think Domino's has this just great. But, <clears throat> anyways, any other things to ask? I'm sure we can come up with it yeah. in a second. Ninja Turtles. We got, it, we got another one coming. Uh, All right, well, uh, stick with us, and we'll be talking about Ninja Turtles uh, Part 2, Secret of the Ooze, next week. And if you guys want to get a hold of us, we're on all social media at The Post Credit Podcast, except for Twitter, we're at The Post Credit. Our email address is thepostcreditpodcast at gmail.com. We have a website, it's www.thepostcreditpodcast.com, and we're on YouTube. Uh, Sorry about the wait, sorry we've been out for so long. We're enjoying the holidays, but we hope you guys have a good week, a good rest of the month, and we'll see you next time. Ciao!